David Spada is a successful attorney whose dream was to become a sports talk show host. Elliot Harris is a Chicago sports columnist who wanted to expand his media presence. In the next hour, they combine their talents and love of sports and women by interviewing former professional athletes and lovely ladies on sports and torts. But keeping the boys out of trouble isn't always easy because when David and Elliot are together, they have more fun than should be legal. Welcome to another edition of Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com with David Spada and Elliot Harris. I am Elliot Harris, and I'm a little envious of David because we have a guest on today's show that David conducted an interview with at the Chicago White Sox ballpark, U.S. Cellular Field, with the legendary Minnie Minoso, who's a pretty fair ball player not to be in the Hall of Fame. He's a nine-time All-Star, three-time Gold Glover a guy with a 298 batting average, uh, more walks than strikeouts. He walked 114 times, struck out 584 times in 17 seasons. So we will get right to David's interview with Minnie Minoso. A great baseball player played in seven decades. Minnie Minoso, how are you doing today, Mr. Minoso? Well, I feel pretty good now that I make it because uh, as soon as you get it, how did you get started in baseball? Well, this is something like while you born in the ranch, and you in the ranch, your family, you raised there. Well, we don't have anything else to do yet to play baseball and go to school and do the job in the field. Corn, uh, bean, rice, plant, all those things. It's when you live in a ranch. And that's what I used to do, drive horses. And do a lot of things in the ranch you do. So that's the reason when I saw a lot of cowboys. That's how I used to do those things. Throw a rope and domesticate the cow and the horses. Everything with us. That's what I learned how to play baseball because I don't have anything to do. Just go to school and play, play baseball. What did your parents say about that? Well, they love it. They learn how to behave in the school. And uh, they learn how to behave with myself with the other people. That's usually my mother. She used to be tough. But uh, if I missed the school because I wasn't playing baseball, she, uh, she didn't like that. But uh, my daddy, I used to be a little baby all the time. He never pushed me. So the brother said, no, he never do anything to him. He do everything he wanted because he's a little one. But uh, besides that, I used to fall in love to see the other people do it. I never have a chance to go to any baseball school alone, just my own self. Maybe <clears throat> a lot of people might say, well, how can you go to learn your own self? Because you now you see a lot of things they do. I don't used to do that. I don't know how to do that. Nobody used to do it. Like uh, do exercise to get muscles. And, no, but everything I have, I do in my duty. Like I used to cut sugar, cut uh, trees, uh, plant trees, plant sugar, plant everything. And after that, do a lot of 
worked in the country, about seven, eight, ten years old. I used to help the guy make a house. You know, he used to have to be with the equipment. This is what I gave my mother to play, the strongest. And uh, he said, how can you be so strong in your muscles in your arm? I said, work on the ranch. But uh, I don't know anything like it now. They have a lot of things. You spin it out, and, and tomorrow you can be uh, big guys. So, you know, you have a laser in that time. So, you were country strong. You were absolutely right. You were absolutely right. So, this is what happened. When I saw all those things, I said, now, wait a minute. And my son, my wife, said, hey, my kid said, you want to get a cowboy? Sure, because this is what I used to do when I was in the ranch. And I like it. And I saw a lot of road that now in the movie. I said, I used to do that. Everything in the ranch, I used to know. But uh, I had an idea one day before it was too late that I'm going to make it again. I'm write a couple books already. You know, we want to do everything that we they supposed to be in the ranch. So that is quite a while but we're gonna do this place today. That's great. So who was your favorite baseball player growing up? Well, you see when I grew up my favorite ball player used to be Dreaming. And never I mean I was in in a ranch. And I used to spend five cents and the lunch <laughs> and buy a newspaper. Because uh, the newspaper used to cost three cents. And I used to buy one penny crack and one penny the, uh, coconut. It's one coconut and three crack. So this is my lunch. And I'll go home and just and buy the paper. And look at my guy, my friend. He used to play with Detroit, I'm green. The Hebrew hammer. And yeah, and besides that, happened when I this is when I was scared. It happened to him with a good good friend of mine. After I just come up playing the big league, the minor league. I never dreaming because by this time you know, we you no know, integrated team league. I just did a my favorite from Cuba I never expected I'm gonna be in the United States either. I was scared, maybe eighteen, seven years old. And I used to get hungry, hungry and uh when we started breaking all records, I would pull up on him like a gal. That happened. And after I grew up and come on baseball player so, and Cleveland signed me up. He fired the owner of Cleveland in 48. When I signed with Cleveland, he ain't go hope. You know, all those people behind Cleveland would be involved. So, this is what I just said to myself, and I'm lucky. So, that was my favorite, I'm And after that, I have a few other guys. After I have more experience, and watching the game more close, I find a few guys. What was it like the first time you met Hank Greenberg? Well, through it, uh, <laughs> I met over there in, in Cleveland. 
happened, he was very gentle, very gentle, I love him. And I wish, and I know he was in peace. And to have a tougher idea, I'm getting mad with him one time, because in uh, the 49, I was playing with, 48, 49, I was playing with San Diego. He sent me in the 48, he said, tell me. And I went to Dayton. And I played in Dayton one month, the last month. Coming from the Negro League, he jumped in last month to play in Dayton. This one, the crew of a fight for the penalty, 48. So I was the way so tough. And they said, well, how have we been this kid? And the man, she said, no, I don't think you're supposed to get it. You're good, you're gonna hurt this kid. Because uh, he's a great ball, but gonna be a great ball play. And he, there, they're not gonna play this few games. And the whole series, they're not gonna play. And I said to myself, no, I don't want it either, because uh, if you go, I'm not be able to play in Cuba with the ball before you shot one month after the World Series you play with the ball or you play the CDC again after that you know we have to play no more. And I said to myself, no. And then uh, he said, what? In the following year, I went to the spring training. I went to the spring training with Cleveland and I went to San, uh, San Diego. Or I had to put it in San Diego he, they stopped me to play football. And uh, I said, well, what is, what is he talking me? He said, well, because you might have a chance to be in the big league. And we want you to rest. So the following year, I burned the league, the minor league, I mean, uh, in the spring training about 400 something. And they, you know, keeping me in the, in the, in the big league, sent me down. So, and I was a little bit mad because I know I have a chance to make it, uh, you know, play with the ball. And I'm going to let him be mad. And he went to the spring training to watch the minor league, you know. And I know how to speak to him. <laughs> he said, hey, Flory, ask him what you know what to speak to me. And he said, and I told him, you tell us exactly what I said. He said, no, tell him that I respect him, and that's the reason, because we want to get a beat. And since then, we agreed. I found him respect to him, very, very, very good gentleman. And when he passed, I was feel like it was part of my family. And uh, I used to be in the speed training, he was there, he was, well, the organization will be back at what's that? And you should give me a car for the spring time, you know, I'm a coach. And you should have good, good, good attention and good respect. And I still have that respect for you. I'm really that good person. How did you end up playing in the Negro Leagues? I never got that. Well, in the Negro Leagues, I came from, from the October. Well, that would play in the Mayan baseball team. And after the year, happened to Pompeii, used to be the owner. And Ali Fernandez used to be a coach of the team I was playing too in Mayan 
And uh, I got up there my first time, I got a base hit, won the game. The second day, I got another base hit, the base hit loaded, I won the game. Two games in a row, that's a fun for the, it's in right there. And Pascal was there. And he wanted me to go with him to play in Mexico. And he offered me around $40,000, $45,000. I'm a green, $45,000. I'm a Pasek team, 50, And he said, you have to play one year in Mexico with me. I said, no, I'm going to the United States. So he gave me that detail to be in the United States. I said, I said look, and everywhere you go, they have a little bit soon. This thing is so people. And you look for prejudice, and everywhere you go. So I go to the United States. And he said, where do you want to go to the United States? I said, we got your ambition to meet this country. Now we're in the United States, United States. But uh, after some day, I refused, and I'm going to be in Mexico, Pascal. He said, don't you want? I said, no. Look, when I have my father, he said, I have $50. I asked him, Brian, $50. And he said, okay, you want anything? I know, I want it, $50, okay? Because uh, I want to know if you want to take anything or not, you give me $50. And uh, he said, so to Pascal, I used to pack it, look what happened. And that's what I put it in my pocket today, just without it. So, and I just told Pascal, it's something like I told, I want to tell you now, you see? I said, that's what happened. It's like the painting compared when you show me. It's $45,000 more, you know, like that. I never saw it in my life. And I said, this, to me, one painting next to that, it's nothing. I went to the right there. And I come to the right there for $150 a month to play with New York Cuba. And in Italy, they have a half of Cuba, black, and half of America, that is what they call New York Cuba. And that's what I command. And uh, four years, like 48, 49, no, 45, 44, 45, 46, 47, 48, four years in Italy. And uh, later on, half of the other side of the and Cleveland came me to Chicago. Chicago wanted me, Paul Richard wanted me. And I think You had some great players in the Negro Leagues back then. Ah, yes, sir. He used to have a good ball player. Charlie, he's a. Go ahead. Yeah. What was the player? Take us to that. Yeah. He used to have a good player in the Negro League. And I just played there for a year. I traveled San Ricardo before I traveled Cleveland. I refused because uh, by that time, they not, oh, uh, how do you call, see like a problem, I don't have it. They would say, let them be, they want a lot of, try here and try there. The organization, probably the minor league or whatever. And I told no, I know, I tried already. If they said we're too good for this group, Either we sign it, but we're not going to another tryout. So 
Right. So, but I'm glad it's Greenland. You will try out. Was Boudreau the manager then? By then, yes. Boudreau, no, 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 no. By the time that I did it, Boudreau was the manager, they were the parent. And I think he was a champion, champion, champion leader. And he did for 355, don't he won the championship, and then won the hitting champ. Yeah, I remember all the players used to have, and the reason I was a little bit upset when they trained in foot. Was it hard playing for Cleveland? Because I know Larry Doby had some issues playing there. Yeah, he had a whole lot. As a matter of fact, they have a little discussion, and I just said to Mr. Hahn, what does he told me I was traded to Chicago and I stayed about three or four days. Three days without a job. I was there in Cleveland, but I don't show up to the ballpark to come over here. So I remember the we played double head in St. Louis. And we traveled in the train line. And we lost the double head. And I was playing first base for Lucas to get hurt. And, and I would play first base almost to the for the half a spin. I take it over clap and you should play first base. Utility for Lucas. And I don't know what I probably got a, some kind of disconsolable love or something. I don't know. Love you should be a manager by then. So uh, he asked me, Emmy knows, did you play her specimen? I can try. So I was playing, he said, okay. And it's in a later crack come out of bad. And he said, time, you hit it for crack. Mason Logan, who played against the San Francisco Giant. I thought he should be the Giant. And I hit a long, Line drive between right center, right center, and the ball was over the ballpark. And she said, I would play first base for the time we used to come up. So, and I came up, and what I went to after the game and said, and said Louis, we get in the train. I did it first, they would tell for how to play first base. So I played first base in St. Louis with a double headed. We lost a double headed. And uh, I have a seven out of eight, four for four, and three for four. And we lost a double headed. And uh, after that, after the game, you know, sit out and go out, take a bath, take a train eight off, take them back to two. So number call. Oh, he come to me. He said, me knows. I said, yes. I thought he was going to say something. I'm going to come out to visit. He said, you have to be traded to Chicago. I don't say anything. When we get a, I don't cry. When we get a bear in Cleveland, and next day, look at one of me. And everybody wanted me. And Andre wanted me there. 
to be the equal mentor when I hear that, I said, how'd it have to be me? And he said, it's good for you, meaning, meaning when I come to Chicago, change. And I said, but what had to be me? But I know how to do it. You know what a people by eight or nine black guy. We have an doorway, have a location, we have a uh, ice cream kitchen, we have a sequestration, we have a housemaid, we have a satchel, we have a egg in myself. I said, how do you have to be me? He said, well, it's good for you because Chicago wants you. But I was mad with him because I told you my buddy. But I don't know. He said, that's the dude good for you, you know. And it was true. And he said, I fell in love with respect to Mr. Greenberg. And uh, one time I didn't let him be mad. Not with Mr. Greenberg. I think it was somebody very close to me. I think it was Colton's son. He made this understatement against him. I said, what? And I said, well, your daughter was, if you leave it, would get mad. He said, this thing may make it something like a, uh, I think it was something to one of the to select me to let me play one more decade. I think he said something against it. And he was, it was, I don't know if he caught himself, but I never said anything about it. So this is a story about Mr. Hunter. What was it like coming to Chicago? Well, I just came to Chicago in 1951. That was trading coming right. And uh, they to play the first game. And the first time I had, I hit a home run. Do you remember who it off? Do you remember who was off? The pitching? Yes. Number 17, Big Reggie. <laughs> you don't forget that. No, he died. Good man. And I remember. Mr. Eddie Robinson was still around. He hit a four at first base. He called me in. He knows. The guy coming to deal with me, I think a number, number, from Philadelphia, he got a base hit too. He hit a second, I hit a third. And uh, he said, you know this guy? I said, no, I don't know. I never finished. He said, good fast ball, good sliding, put a good curve ball. Be fast. And I look around, I said, hey, see, they to the kitchen, they to the bed. I'm to the little bit. Hey, how you call me? I said, Eddie, I got a three strike. Right, I'm going to swing three. If you're missing, if you make a contact, I have a chance. I'll be ready, you know. I said, well, I never face I hope you're ready. And have a first and the for 439. I still have the ball because it was someone from the bullpen pitching pick it out and give it to me. So I never forget that day. That was in May 1st, 1951. And uh, truly, I think probably I fell in love with the day with the city and with the club. And I still around. That's a something year. And you made nine all-star teams with the White Sox. Yeah, well, lucky. But uh, how do you know about it? 
for the other people who supposed to know about it, and they know, but they ignore it all. They don't know. Okay, I'll be a night off that day, and I have about three going gloves. I was the first guy who broke it, you know, when they wore the golden glove outfield, because before they know, you should give it to outfield. It's the infield, you get to the infield, and to, but not to outfield. And that was in 1957, and we played this game. What did they do? We played in St. Louis. And that was the, the hero in St. Louis. Throwing me out, the dining room, driving the decision room, the, the whatever the wood and hang, he didn't put that wheel, I got a double. And, and make a last June pitch, the Gihot, Lucas Knight, no, the Gihot. Joe Hodges. The first way. And the night in, for the time, one of the second. I mean, all those things. If we, I would not throw the guy out and third, so it would have been a tie run. But by the time, you know, you shouldn't be nothing. Like how they give me a car, they give me that. No, but then they give it, well, you should give it to everybody. Like maybe if you give it back, or watch it, or something to have at home. But I know you should give it a car, nothing like that. And now I look at him and I say, look at this guy. They give it a car, they give it 50 grand or 100 grand before we get it. So, and I saw those things, and happened that I was there for Dick Willie all the time. Always to be Dick Willie and me in the room. Only one time I beat Dick Willie in the city. But they have so much of respect for the best hitter in the world. And baseball, Teddy, then I told Lopez, and the city said, Look, I'm not putting me open, put the. Uh, Dave Williams, I'm sorry, I'm not a manager, but uh, I come up with the state in the studies. I mean, I cannot do it. Because, you know, also, literally, the people voted, and you, I heard Dave Williams, that you had to be, I said, why well, don't you make a mistake, I guess? Because, you uh, nobody can beat this guy. He's so he the one that's supposed to be fresh. What I just played. Who do you think the best player ever was? Well, all the way around. Oh, but the best hitter to me. I always used to say, the best hitter in baseball. I never see one better, Mr. Dewey. And the best baseball player all the way around. Wait a minute. This is my, and my schedule, my pick it up. And uh, the other thing I want to know, how come so many guys feeling so they went, never drive out behind, Honda, never score Honda, and they in Cooper Town. And guy who do all the things, they never be there. I don't know. That's the one thing that makes what I just wonder about it. After this brief break, we will be back with part two of Mini Minoso. You are listening to Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com. 